0: Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris W. along with my co-host Chris S. This podcast is dedicated to providing light-hearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to another episode of Green Eggs and West Ham. The Hammers pulled out a 1-0 win over Burnley in our last game and seemed to have perform very strongly throughout the game. Chris, uh, let's start out with you giving us your thoughts of the game and what was the best part and the worst part of the game for us?
0: For me, the best part was seeing our front four, our our first choice front four all back together, playing well, getting chances off each other, um, really looking all at, you know, pretty good. You know, Antonio coming back in, he provides a lot more options uh, of our of in our attacking style, making runs down the channels, uh bodying up center backs in the box. The goal that he got was uh in large part because he he used his strength to hold off uh, a, a defender. And then also the the three attacking midfielders right behind him, they just they seem to complement each other so well. Um with Bowen with his very direct runs, four with his kind of uh passing awareness, and then Benrama with a little bit of both where he's he'll be, he'll take on a player off the dribble, but he also uh, has, you know, really creative, a uh, creative passing mind tries, um, doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily have the best passing accuracy, but it's because he tries a lot of very uh, high reward, uh, but high risk passes. And, and it's just kind of all three just contribute a little bit, something different, but it creates a very uh, cohesive attack. And they, you know, they all, all four of those players contribute, on the defensive end as well. I think that's a big reason we've been uh, having three clean sheets in a row is that we've re- Moy seems to got buy-in from every player on the pitch uh, that they need to, to work defensively, put in a shift. And they're just more structured now.
1: Yeah. and uh, You mentioned that Ben Rama running up and down. And what I, I like about him is he's got a little bit of flair. So like those high risk, high reward passes, I feel like he's not losing them all that much. You know, like yeah, sometimes they don't work, but when they do work, it's literally almost every time a chance on goal. And and I t- attribute that to that flair aspect where I don't know, he can just maybe he megs a guy or maybe he um does this really nice curving pass, but I think that's what he brings to the field and and I think Fornals had that too. Fornals is a very similar player, but um I really think that Rama is what we were hoping for in Anderson. Uh
0: yeah, that's true. Um, he's he's not only an exciting player, but it's it's an excitement that brings along uh, a certain productivity. I mean, even from his when he was first subbed on when he, he got here, I think he had a you know assist in his first game, or maybe like two assists in his first three. Um, and no, although he hasn't quite scored yet, he's looked dangerous taking shots on. You know, really, he he doesn't seem scared. Sometimes Anderson seemed scared. Uh, whether whether he'd get the ball or uh, get in a position, to just kind of pass it off, but, and not really want to advance it. Whereas Ben Rama, he'll take the ball, he'll dribble, you know, he'll dribble by someone if he needs to, he'll try a a difficult pass if he thinks that's what gets it. He'll take a long shot if they give him space. Uh, And it's really been pretty interesting to see him deployed uh, as a number 10, kind of just behind Antonio, where he, Last year for Brentford, he really more played on the left wing. But I think it's been, it's been good for him. It's allowed us to a little more fluidity in the team. And in fact, in looking at who scored, uh, their player positions, their average player positions have him actually more advanced than Antonio was on average throughout the match, which I think is pretty, pretty intriguing that we you know we have an attacking midfielder that's extremely willing to get involved in and around the box.
1: Well, that's what I like about all three of them is they're all, I think very capable of scoring, but they all kind of crisscross in terms of uh, when Bowen's running it down the right side, you know, you've got Ben Rama and for and Antonio all in the box, ready for the ball instead of like one hanging out way back. So even though we have one striker, this system, I think is fitting us. Whereas Hilaire was a different player and without a second striker, full-time striker to play off of, I think, uh, that's kind of what we were missing with him and you're getting a lot of these crisscross. And I think Collaire might've done well with these three players supporting him, but it's just a different style of play that Antonio brings, you know? And, and I think that the play style that Antonio brings complements our three attacking midfielders and right now it's working really well. I mean, we saw we had 15 total attempts uh, yesterday and, and that's pretty good for a game. You know, I'll take that. I really, we had one or two other chances that probably should have gone in or that were really close. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more, I guess I would say improved finishing just because we had great chances. And then sometimes like there was one where Yarmolenko's running down the rate right and just like didn't pass it off to Antonio who was sitting there, you know?
0: Yeah, I definitely the, we're not as clinical as we need to be in the final third. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the, I don't want to say the easiest thing to fix, but it's, it's much easier to for goals to eventually be converted than it is to have to work on just creating the chances in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with, uh, especially against a team like Burnley, that is a very defensive minded team. They don't score a lot, but they really don't give much ground in terms of defense to create 15 chances is pretty good. And yeah, we had Louis Ogbonna's header off the, the side post that almost went in and, um, we we, you know, we had a lot of good close attempts. I think Ben Rama had one that was just a little bit off target, but it was um, overall, yeah we, we've created chances of you know honestly a little for as good as our attacking players played, almost a little disappointed we only got one goal.
1: Um, yeah, but if you think about it, Burnley's one of those teams that you've got to grind out. They're gonna give you a hard game, whether they're last in the league or whether they're first in the league. and and we saw that yesterday, Is they played uh, they're a very physical team too. Um, and we really had to work hard for it and I think another thing that I was impressed with is usually around the second half we kind of start slouching and they let in a goal or something but we were pretty solid throughout the whole game did you see any of those moments where uh, we kind of had a lapse
0: I think there was maybe a 10-minute period where Burnley really put bodies behind the ball uh, and and tried tried to kind of send their entire team forward and attack and we we didn't do a good job of regaining possession during that 10 minutes or so, but we, we defended very solidly. We still didn't really let them get any good attempts on goal. Uh, we kept them, kept them in front of us. And so, yeah, I, I, think like exactly what you said that a lot of times you'll see a letdown, uh, especially, you know, when we scored fairly early uh, in this game, the old West Ham would have sit, sat back the entire time and yep. just invited pressure where we really didn't do that for the most of the game. We, you know, we created more chances than them. We were really more dangerous than them. And, uh, you know, Fabianski was tested once or twice, but, but really not, um, not through sloppy defending at all. So yeah, we, we looked much more solid.
1: Well, let's talk about that. Cause we've had this new center back come in in Dawson. Um, I, I must say, I think both of us, but I'll just speak for myself. He, I wasn't extremely impressed with the signing. I thought we could have gotten someone a little bit um, better in my opinion. However, and and I was even a little bit critical of him the first game because he was losing some some stupid balls in terms of um, passing, but against Burnley specifically, when you're playing a physical team, Dawson's right up there, you know, physically, and he did actually pretty well yesterday. I thought. What, what were
0: your thoughts on him? He's played really well over the last three or four games. I think it's what four games he's played four clean sheets. Four clean too. sheets, yep. and, you know he's scored he's scored more goals than he's uh, allowed in, <laughs> um, which is pretty pretty stellar um yeah i was i was honestly when we first got him a little disappointed in the signing i I thought it it was a a signal that we kind of lacked ambition especially when defense was a at the time a very crucial uh, a very big need for our team uh and to bring in someone as what our fourth at the time probably our fourth choice center back um was was a little questionable um and i you know i don't even think it, to me it even, didn't even seem that Moyes brought him in with the intent of having him become a full time starter uh but through i guess through you know what whatever work on the training ground and um you know injuries and injuries or, or illnesses you know he's he got his chance and he took took advantage of it and, you know credit to him for for working hard and credit for Moyes for for riding the hot hand and it's playing out especially excuse me especially for like switching formations going from the five back where we had found solidity having being forced because of injury to switch back to a four back um Moyes really's adapted well which is you know the term Moyes and adapt I don't use often in the same sentence but he's really got the team to to be a very structured team in a completely different formation and it's he's performing well and and back to what you said about Dawson being a very no-nonsense player yeah he definitely clears the ball yeah his distribution isn't the greatest and we had some you know we were going back and forth with a couple people people on twitter and i thought they they had some good point points where like really if if you have this one center back typically you know if he's giving you everything in in defense you can you can forgive a bad pass or two or that you know he's not creating much and i think that's true and a lot of it is we have all of our other defenders are quite comfortable with the ball um, even Ogbonna for center back is you know very comfortable with his passing to where if we had two or three Craig Dawson's in the lineup it might be a little more of an issue if the team started pressing us and they were shaky with the ball but as you know Dawson knows that he can get it to any of the other defenders and they'll be fine with it so uh, yeah he's, he's really uh, been the most surprising player for me over the last month and a half. Yeah. And now I feel like we have a really
1: solid starting 11. There's not really one player that I'd say, well, you know, like, like let's take someone from the bench and put them on a rather see no, like these starting 11, I think are the ones that need to be starting. I love the fact that we have Lanzini to sub in on literally any, you know, position for attacking mid, like Ben Rama for now's or Ben or Bowen, like you can put him in anywhere. Um, and I, and I like that. We can switch up the attack if we really need to, we can switch up our whole attack by subbing in Yarmolenko and Lanzini. It's a little bit slower an attack, but it's kind of a more technical attack, and we definitely need one more striker. And we'll we'll get to that in yeah. a little bit. Um,
0: go back to the to the Yarmolenko. I you know I'm a fan of Yarmolenko. I think he has a place in this team, uh, especially against certain opponents. But I am lost as to why Moyes continues to sub him in for a for a Bowen when we're when we're up in a game, and playing a counterattacking style football,
1: well, I, I agree because we were—it's a one-zero game, right? And we didn't—we were doing okay. Like we didn't really need to change a ton, but what we did need to change, Yarmolinka wasn't the fix because, like, yeah. who would—who would you say gets back more on defense, Bone or Yarmolinka? Well,
0: yeah, when when you're when you're up one-zero on a yeah. team, and the, the way that we play. You're you're asking those wingers on each side to defend, to get back mm-hmm. and defend, and then to be ready to break and hit the opponents fast. Mm-hmm. Bowen is better than Yarmolenko at both of those by a mile. Right. Right. Uh, you know, Yarmolenko is great from set pieces. Is has a you know really good left foot. Can break down a set defense better than Bowen maybe can, but that's not what we are facing. Right,
1: and, and so that well- you mentioned Moisés is adapting tactically, and I do like that. I have to give him credit. Um, the one thing that I would like to see just—it's literally like a five percent increase uh, in terms of like—it's just such a small thing. But I would like to see his subs a little bit better because the Yarmolenko sub didn't make sense to me. The Lanzini sub I thought was good. Um, didn't the, the Yarmalenko Yarmolenko sub I disagreed with, and then I would like and sometimes just throughout the past, we'll say you know five ten games. He'll sub in at like 85 minutes, 80, you know, and and it just doesn't quite make sense. I wish he would use them a little earlier. Overall, they haven't been horrible, but the subs are probably the only blaze I would really critique him. Is that what you think too?
0: No, I think so. I, You know, you mentioned Lanzini. Lanzini can replicate to some extent. I think Bowen or Ben Rama fairly well. Um, but yeah, we were really lacking a player that can match what Antonio or... Uh, Bowen bring to on the, on the offensive side, just don't have someone with that type of pace coming off the bench that offers some sort of goal threat, um, and hopefully you know we'll talk about it in our next section, our transfer section. But hopefully we might be zeroing in on a couple targets that can fill that. But you know, I, for me, Yarmolenko, you know, I like him. I think he's a good person. I I think he has a place uh, in certain. Games, but it seems to me he's just Moise's default sub for Bowen, and it doesn't really make sense.
1: I, I agree. I think he's a very situational sub, and that situation was not yesterday, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. all right. So, besides the starting 11 that we have, we've got Lanzini on the bench. We talked about Yarmlenko being a um, situational sub who else do we really have on that bench? You know, who would you like to see if anyone and, and, or do we need to just bring in a ton of people in the transfer episode or the uh, transfer section?
0: Well, one player I would have liked to have seen come on. I know he's kind of coming back from, from a little issue, but instead of bringing on Yarmolenko in a game like yesterday, I'd bring on Fredericks, see what he offers. I mean, he is to play him in the kind of the right wing. I know he's not, really a natural winger but if you're up if you're up a goal and you're asking your winger to mostly defend but then also be ready for the break i feel like ryan fredericks is about as you know he's one of the fastest players on our team uh i would have liked to have seen him in that in that instance you know i i don't really think we should be playing antonio a full 90 minutes i would have liked to have seen ah i can never remember his name the uh, the striker uh Odubo, I believe Odubo, come the on young, for Antonio, the young player. Yeah, the the, yeah. the young under twenty three forward. Uh, yeah. Give him a chance, especially when, uh, you know, he seems like he has a little bit of pace. He's got some size. Should be able to hold up the ball. Um, if you're going to make an attacking sub, take off Antonio so he doesn't get worn down, and and, and give, you know, even you know we're going to need whether Odebeko does good or not we need another striker in this window we're we're down to one senior striker and he's you know really a converted winger very um,
1: injury prone as well
0: a very injury prone yes exactly and so um even if Odebeco serves to be a decent backup, I, I, you know, I still think you need three senior strikers.
1: Well, (laughs) one time Antonio made a run down the, I think it was the right side, you know, and he was, he was hauling and I was sitting there. I'm like, Oh, watch the hamstring, watch the hamstring. (laughs) Like I got nervous, but uh, he's great when he's healthy, but you know, you have to accept that he's going to be hurt for maybe half the season or less. Um, Chris, we sit ninth in the table right now. Uh, we've got, we've played 18 games now and, uh, we're pretty darn close to, uh, to quite a few teams around us. Um, I, I think they said we're, yeah, we're four points out of fifth place right now. Where do you see us in the end of the season in terms of projection? How do you think we're doing so far overall?
0: It's tough. Cause we, you know, we've played so well, you know, we've played some really good football mm-hmm. and yet we just, it's, we can't seem to break into the top seven. Um, but we're not far off. You know, we, you said we are very, very close. Um, Looking at the teams in front of us, I think we can, I think we can pass Southampton. I, they're a team. I think we're more talented than them. Uh, I think we've perhaps had a little more issues with injury that have hurt us to this point. Um, So yeah, I I can see us passing them, but you kind of look behind us and man, Villa are playing really well. I, you know, we're three points ahead of them now, but they have three more games to play uh, than us. So I could see them passing us. If Arsenal ever figure it out, which I don't know if they will, but Arsenal has some talent, they could, you know, pose, pose a threat. Even a team like Wolves, really not that far behind with as much of the season there is left. So taking that all into account, I think we'll end up right about where we are, about ninth, maybe 10th maybe we'll move up a spot to eighth and i think that'd be (coughs) sorry i think that'd be okay you know we're we're coming off a a several consecutive seasons in which we were facing a relegation battle and at this point we're well well far away from that so being this seeing this as a stepping stone to eventually competing for europe is fine especially when we're developing younger players you know the attacking three that we were just praising so much, they're all 25 or younger. You have our midfield of Rice and, and Suchek. They're 25 and 22, respectively. I think Declan just turned 22. You know, we have a team that can grow. You know, I think we'll need certain, you know, to complement the squad in certain areas. But, you know, we're, the future is looking fairly bright. I, I would be fine if this is a season that establishes some stability for us.
1: Yeah, I I agree with your analysis there in that I I think we'll end up uh, around ninth, and I'm hoping that we can push. I think if we push seventh, I would be almost over the moon. Um, There's some really, really good teams in front of us. I think we have a chance to push past Southampton and Everton. Uh, We would need some significant wins to to pass up all the way to fifth, I think, um, in terms of beating some of these top teams that we're probably expected to lose against. So I think if we ended anywhere between seventh and ninth, I would be extremely happy. Um, mid table is con- considering we were fighting relegation mid table is a win for us. And I think it's showing that we're in the right direction. I think Moyes has brought in some really, really good players. They're pretty much all starting now. Um, literally every sub that I can think of that he's brought or the uh, every transfer he's brought in. So I like where the projections going and i I've, I'm confident we can push a little bit higher than we are now. We're sitting ninth, but I'm not unhappy with you know where we are. I think we played really well.
0: Yeah, and we 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 have some really good wins this season. Um, you know, we we beat uh, Everton, we beat Leicester, we beat Wolves, we, we tied a, Tottenham, tied Tottenham in just an incredible match. Yeah. I mean. The number of times I wanted to turn that off uh, <laughs> after you know ten or fifteen minutes, and then having us come back in the final ten minutes is just in insane. Um, so yeah, we've had good moments, uh, and the team seemed to like each other. You know, it's yeah. it's very evident that the chemistry. The, the chemistry yeah. is there. They all seem to like each other. They like Moyes. Um and yeah, you you mentioned all of the. Um, the signings that Moyes has brought in over the last two windows are working out pretty well. Um, I still am hesitant to to see that as something that could persist into the future, just with the lack of scouting that our team that the the club has. Uh, but you know, Moyes tends to take his time uh, in deciding who to buy, and he's bought well. So he has. And one more thing I want to mention
1: we're six points, which is two games out of being number two. So if, I mean, it would be a lot, but if teams two through eight lost, um, the two consecutive games and we won the next two, we'd be number two. So that is honestly pretty incredible in that it is a very, very tight table so far. And we're, we are at kind of that bottom half of the of fighting for the top teams. However, we're definitely in it. And, you know, you never really know what can happen in the premier league, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. So, um. let you know, let I mean, we say let's fight for seventh, but like let's be pushing for Europe. I mean, we we still have a really good chance. It's not like it's it's out of our reach. So oh,
0: absolutely, and you know, we still have a relatively favorable path in the cup as well. You know, we yes, face, yep. I think we face is it Doncaster next next round. Um, I think so. And then after that, we play. um I believe it's Man U or Liverpool, whoever wins, but. I think we can get past on caster and then if we get you know we are a team we are a team that can beat a Manchester United or a Liverpool on on our day um and at that point in the competition a lot of other Premier League teams will not have knocked each other out and we could be looking at a very favorable path uh you know to to a cup run and that that's exciting so yeah I there's a lot of positives and not a lot of negatives where we are right now, especially if you look back about 12 months ago where we were um, or even, you know, I guess 13 months ago about until Moyes was hired uh, and we were, we were sitting where we were. Um, It's a completely different feel around the club. uh, And I'm, I'm happy for that.
1: Now, Chris, uh, before we we end this section, there's one more thing I want to move to. We put out a call for questions and um, we have a few that uh, that I'd like to ask you just to kind of get, your, your take on them. And these can be kind of rapid fire. If you want to go into them, you can, but um, what player do you think is the correct spot um, for that center attacking mid? Do you think it's Ben Rama, which we played yesterday, or do you think for na- we should switch the Ben Rama for nows um, and, and put for nows in that center attacking mid?
0: That's right, a tough one. Um, I would have normally said move for nows to the middle, but with the way Ben Rama is playing uh, I'd keep them where they are my guess is that there he's playing for now on the left because of fornaus's work rate of getting back and helping cresswell mm-hmm. um so that limits his ability going forward but as we've as we talked about when we get the ball it seems that front three is pretty fluid um so I, I'd keep it as is um i think that's it's working right now so there's no reason to change it i think you're not getting your best out of now's that way but you're getting your best out of your 11 that way
1: see that's interesting because i I mean, I'm fine with either one. You know, I think it, they did well, but I'm wondering if, you know, we played Anderson on that left side. And since I'm a firm believer that, um, that what we're getting out of Ben Rama now is what we hoped for from Anderson. We've got Bowen as a dribbler on the right side. I'm wondering if we put Ben Rama on the left side as more of a dribbler for now, Is kind of that distribution in the middle. I I wouldn't mind. Maybe, maybe we play that in the next, um, cup game you know yeah i I don't know if we're going to start all those players probably not antonio just because we want to save his hamstrings but um i wouldn't mind switching it up but i I mean i you know i can't say that moise needs to switch it up because obviously it worked for us so um it's tough that's a that's a good question um one more for you chris uh where does noble fit and against what teams and slash what situations would you play noble
0: Cup games against lower sides, uh, times where it's going to be bad weather or for the most part, really just the, the, the role he's playing right now, which is if we really need a sub, he's on there, but really just have him around the squad, have him continue to mentor the younger players, um, bring that, bring that, you know, fight and West Ham mentality to the team and um, but still when the like the the matches that I think he should play mostly cup games against lower lower teams and um some sub opportunities whenever maybe maybe if we're up one or two goals uh and you know Ben Rama's run himself ragged, I can see bringing on a noble to to bringing more um- a more defensive minded player in, into the midfield
1: yeah i I actually thought that we might bring on noble yesterday just because. Burnley's a physical team you know they've got Wood up there who uh, is just he's he's fast but he's like a massive striker and he just is physical like crazy so I actually thought we'd bring Noble in and I don't want to say it would have been the right or wrong call to do it I think it would have made more sense and that's kind of when I want to fit him in if we do play him at all is those games where you have to grind them out you need extra defense players on the field we really don't have a ton of extra um Defensemen on the field that that we can throw in you know if if you had thrown in noble for ben rama and put lanzini where for was or something like that then that adds some fresh players but that also puts a slightly more defensive tone to the game so i think those types of games where you need it if you're getting caught on the break like wolves for instance let's say you have triore running down the side i don't think that's where you need to play noble because the speed is going to kill you but burnley is i mean they're fast but they're not like gonna wreck you on the counter attack you know and and so those would be the only games i think we should fit no blame,
0: yeah i well i got one rapid fire for you do we with lanzini having played fairly well in his sub appearances do you want to try and rotate him into the starting lineup maybe sit for for a game or sit ben rama for a game you know you know start just give him more run to, to see if he uh, can catch his form or do you keep going as is and just playing him as maybe a last 20 minute sub
1: yeah. Well, that's a good one. And I think actually that Moyes probably has struggled with that one because Lanzini has played well. He got that incredible goal against Tottenham. Um, but he also, even though that's kind of the only time he scored this season, it's he's played well, almost every time he's come on, like maybe one time I can think of at where I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe not the right choice, but but he's come in and he has executed and he's worked hard. I thought. and And that's something that we didn't see last season from Lanzini. So, to me, that was the difference between Lanzini and Anderson, where Anderson, we didn't see any improvement, whereas Lanzini, it looks like he's fighting for his spot. Here's, here's the unfortunate part. And it kind of happened with Ben Rama too at the start. I don't know if Lanzini's worked his way into the 11 because Fornells and Ben Rama and Bowen are playing so well. I think Lanzini right now is such a good sub to bring on when they're tired because he's almost the exact same player as, say, like Ben Rama and Fornells. He adds that same. Um, he, he brings the same thing to the game. So I want to keep him as a sub right now. I'm, I, I just don't want to take off the form that we saw in Burnley, you know, from the starting lineup.
0: So I guess for you, that means you, you want an unchanged team going into West. I want
1: it. Yes.
0: Yes. Now there, there are some reports that Antonio might not be fully up to it. Um, based on, you know, just having played as much, maybe the team not wanting to risk him. If if Antonio were to not be able to make it, who do you put on and do you shift anyone? Do you, do you put on just the young forward or do you, um, assuming we haven't made a signing by then, do you bring in a Lanzini and, shift around that midfield. What, what do you do? Try your own.
1: So assuming that Antonio, we don't want to play him in the full 90 minutes. I would try to bring him on at like say the 60 or 70th minute, depending on how the game's going that way, he still gets a run at the game. He would be a fresh legs at that point, but, but you wouldn't want to play him for that whole time. So um, when I would, or sorry, who I would start there, I would probably do a Bowen as a striker. I, I love him on the right side, but it's really tough for me to, um, to put anyone else there, I think the youngster. I look. I want to try him out, but we've got to be putting away these games, and we have someone that we can trust. I, I can trust Bowen as striker. I think Bowen has the work rate to make up for his, you know, um, switching up positions. I guess. So in that case, I would play Bowen and striker, and then I would actually put on uh, Lanzini. In out, it would be a little. I'd have to think about it. I would probably shift Ben Rama to the right. Fornells on the left, and have Lanzini in the middle maybe I, I'd have to play around with those um, maybe have for now's in the middle, but yeah, that's how I would start. What are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I kind of, I agree with that. I really am intrigued to see what Bowen could do in this striker position for Moyes, because he has a lot of the qualities that made Antonio successful and that made uh, an successful in the, in Moyes' system that a winger who can break down players on the ball who has a good scoring boot and is a willing runner. Um, I That could be really interesting to see uh, to him in that position. Yeah. And I'd, I'd probably put a Lanzini in there. Um, either put him probably, yeah. Like what you said, I might put him on the right side and let, let Benarama stay in his natural or his central position. One
1: more thing I want to throw at you. Would you put Yarmolenko in as striker and keep the same attacking mids that we had? I, I don't no. think I would because I, I think he's too no. slow, honestly. I think in this that
0: formation, yeah, like you're you're yeah. just back to where you were with Hilaire. Right. Where you're right. you're you're losing that threat. Um I could I mean I'd be fine with putting him in on the wing and moving Bowen up top, but you just don't it's so much a slower build up that we're not really built for when you don't yeah. have a pacey striker.
1: I agree, and I think Yarmalenko would do a lot better if we put, very similar to Leher, like if we put a Bowen with him or some, someone else, some other striker, because Yarmalenko can kind of be that hold-up player, he can be that technical player, but you still need speed, and Yarmalenko to me, just doesn't have that speed.
0: Yeah, he's someone, cool. if we're playing on the front foot the entire time, if we had a, a more defined two or three up front, then he'd work in better, but by, you know more isolated, I don't see him being uh, effective. Well, we've
1: talked about some holes in the team. We've talked about positions and players we need. Um, we're, we have a few targets. Uh, West Ham always seems to surprise us and pull people out of the hat. But um, join us next up next uh, section. And we're going to talk about exactly who is on the list right now, where we think they'd fit in and if we needed anyone else. So transfer episode coming up next.
0: All right, Chris, so we are halfway through the January transfer window and still no major signings have been made. Um, Our squad's pretty thin, especially with uh, a couple significant and small injuries uh, affecting the team as well as uh, just kind of a rotation. It seems like almost a rotation of people on isolation due to COVID. Uh, What positions – are you looking for in this January transfer window to help us out? Maybe give, give us three that you think we need to be looking at.
1: Yeah. Well, I think every West Ham fan is looking at striker. Um, Every, I hope the board is looking at striker because we need a striker. That is the absolute number one, especially with selling Hilaire. And I think the whole point of selling Hilaire was that we would get a striker this, this window. Um, The other ones are a little bit tougher, not because we have lack of, it's really just lack of coverage. I think we've got the players in starting 11 that are um, good enough to play there, but you know, if they get hurt, then we're in trouble. And so one of those would be basically Cresswell's position uh, that left center back left um, also kind of the wing back too. So I would like to find either a player that can cover both of those or a player that can cover, um, cover exactly what Cresswell does. So I'm, I'm going to call it a left back, but, um, but keep in mind, it's also a wing back too. Um, the other ones I'm, <laughs> I'm, extremely nervous for and i think i don't think we'll get in this window is uh is the center defensive mids and, and kind of that rice uh position because right now i guarantee you what sam is thinking of is that oh well we've got noble to cover and yeah that's true we do have noble to cover but i don't want to start noble for 10 games if Suchek gets hurt with an ankle injury you know yeah. uh, but but i can almost promise you we won't uh sign one of those so i think realistically I would really like a good transfer window for me to be striker and left back. I would like to get defensive uh, mid, but if we did that in the summer, I'm okay with that too. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Those are definitely the three positions that we really need. Um, And I think your, your ordering was spot on too. Uh, And it looks like we we are linked to, to several strikers. um, And then also uh, linked to maybe getting some fullbacks. It doesn't look like we're going to be, sadly, doesn't look like we're going to be going in for any center mids. Um, so maybe just within the club, you mentioned Noble. Uh, we just got rid of Snodgrass, so he can't play there anymore. Could, is there a possibility that Diop could play some center back just to try him out? Um, he seems to be have, have a little better legs than the average center back and comfortable enough on the ball. Do you think he could make the change? Are or you're talking about
1: center defensive mid
0: to play that defensive mid? Yeah,
1: I honestly I don't know. Um, I'm I've never been Diar's biggest fan. Um, I've only really watched him for a year or two. Well, I should say I've really only watched him since he's been at West Ham. Um, I, he's okay. I don't think he's as good as, Aaron. I don't think he'll ever be as good as like that Rice and Suchek. So even if you put him there, to up a few years what I would honestly want to do is put in like someone from the Academy and and kind of develop them. Look, we, we had Declan Rice that came from there. Um, We have plenty of people. They're a little bit more injury prone, but um, I don't know. I, I would be even like, I'm just going to throw out some names, Um, Coventry and Baptiste. I know Baptiste is, is not exactly a defensive mid, but I would be more willing to try to get him to switch positions over Diop just because I think Baptiste hasn't, um, Solidified, you know. I think he,
0: he's so, more malleable right now. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, what What do you think? For that, is any Not, thoughts there? Yeah,
0: I definitely. I, I I like the the coverage we talked. The the little I've seen him, he looks really good. But yeah, he just can't seem to stay fit. Um You know, whenever he is fit, it doesn't really align with when we need to to plug someone in at that center mid. Sadly, uh, but hopefully, when he gets healthier, he can get back on the bench and maybe get some some sub minutes in. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think Diop could make. I, you know, no one. You know, people kind of said the same thing about Declan Rice. Well, you know, he's really should just play a center back. Now, I don't think Diop is going to come come to defensive mid and you know turn into what Rice did, but I, I see certain qualities that could make him, um, at least as good a center midfielder or defensive midfielder as he was a center back you know, you're, if you're worried about some of the lapses in concentration, moving him further away from goal will make it, those not be as costly. Yeah. less noticeable. He, He does seem to be comfortable with the ball. He's made some really good runs forward. Uh, as far as his, I don't know how, how rangy his passing is, but he, he tends to make good, good decisions with it. So yeah. If, if we can get some of the youngsters in, uh, if not, I'd like, you know, even for the fact of just keeping Diop in and around the squad, getting him game time, uh, if he's not going to be, if he's going to be now the fourth choice center back. Um But yeah, I don't think that's the least crucial position as of now. You know, on Tuesday, you know, Rice or Suczek could injure something and then that becomes the most pressing need uh just because it's so thin. But because we have two studs there right now, yeah, that's, if we didn't address one of those three positions, that'd be the one uh, moving on the left back. So really the only player I've seen us link to is Furpo of Barcelona. Now I, I like what you said. You want someone that can kind of cover both the, you know, the Crestwell role in a four back, but then also maybe give us the flexibility to switch to a five back and play that wing back role. I, yeah, that, I, I think that's key that we get someone that can do both. Um, i i think i'd be willing to
1: pay more money for that like like like, if we wanted to bring in like a sioux fall and say for the left side and say five million sure okay you fill that one position but but if you bring in a player that can adapt to both i'd be willing to pay you know upwards of 15 million just to just for that coverage because and here's something that was troubling with Mazuaku's injury when mazuwaku got injured we had to switch our entire formation just because we couldn't fill that left wing back or have a player that could reliably do so
0: yeah and as and as good as we've looked the last few games i still think the best football we played this season was from that five back um you know the kind of the two consecutive league wins of like four nil and just how we looked in that kind of in that formation although we've been defensively pretty solid we just haven't had been clicking on all cylinders since we've switched um, in, in as, in as good a way. So yeah, getting someone that would allow us to move back to that system or at least give us the opportunity to could be pretty interesting.
1: And let me just give you an example of a player. I mean, he's quickly turned into one of the best young players in the world, but um, like Byron Munich has Alfonso Davies and yeah. that's the kind of player I want I, because the, the guy's incredibly fast. He's great at the ball. And yeah, he's going to be expensive. Now, I don't want specifically him, but I'm talking about a player like him, just to give you that kind of type that I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, well, his pace, yeah, his pace is something that our team likes. Like when Masuaku went down, yeah, it kind no it kind of shifted. You know? you know, we went back to to not having a lot of uh, rapid players. Um, and yeah, with Cresswell getting up there in age, I mean, he's what 31? 30, he has he, been playing well this season. He's been I've been impressed. Playing with well, that. but like I don't.
1: But right, who do you feel? Yeah. yeah.
0: There, we still haven't really played a very pacey team in this four back, uh, especially on his side. So like I can see us coming against certain teams and him just being a liability. Like we, you know, kind of where we went to, where we, where we were at at the beginning of this season, where he's, he's not really, he's trustworthy. He has a good delivery when he give him time. Um, but pace is one thing you just, you can't game plan for it. it you know, it can, There's nothing you can do to prevent it.
1: Now, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because you talked about Diop maybe forming into that center defensive mid, and we had a little bit of discussion there. Mm -hmm. Could Johnson form into that Mazuaku-type player? He's got the pace. He's young. He maybe is valuable. What do you think?
0: I think it's possible. Um, I mean, we have – when we did try and play the five back, it seemed to be he, he was the one that subbed it on the left a lot. He looked all right. You know, I want him to continue to, to develop. I think he could be a starting fullback for us. Um, I just based on his per, preferred foot being the right, it, it a little harder for me. I don't think, I don't think he offers the same as what Masuaku does. I think he allows us to play that five back, but I don't think he offers the same thing because he doesn't really carry the ball like Masuaku does.
1: Well, and here's the thing is, like you said, he's right footed. So, Honestly, I want a player that is a professional left back. Yeah. Johnson can fit the bill, and he's he did fine, and he actually got his goal. But he wasn't a professional left back, and I think for him to switch would be a mistake because we would be losing out on potential just because he's that's not his preferred position, you know. And yeah, and, and I think if he was left footed, I'd be more willing to to mold him into that. But because he's you you can't switch a player's dominant foot. Yeah. Um. What are our chances of getting furbo, Do you think?
0: Uh, he's an, he's a name that's popped up multiple times. So it's not just, you know, a shot in the dark, but, and, and I'm not really, there's not a lot of detail surrounding of, of what it would be. I've seen mostly it would be a loan deal. I don't know if, uh, we'd have to pay a loan fee off of that or if we just have to cover some wages. Um, I, him being at Barcelona, I imagine his wages are pretty high. Um, I, I, Doubt we would get him on a permanent, just because you know he he transferred there a couple seasons ago for a pretty hefty fee, and I doubt we'd be willing to pay their asking price. Um, but maybe a loan, maybe a loan with an with an option to buy. Um, I think there's a decent chance out of all the, he's the only one I've really seen us mentioned with yeah, this window, does. um, and I think he does fit the bill of what we're looking for. Um.
1: If- it, go- if we didn't have coverage there, let's say we don't sign for a I think I'd be, I'd be okay. I would have an uneasy feeling because I'd be nervous, but we do have Johnson. Mazuaku should be coming back from injury before the season's up. I don't know. Well, exactly. I think it's still
0: about two more months away. So.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I knew it was a, yeah. Um, I'm nervous to not sign anyone, but if not signing anyone right now meant that we would for sure spend money on that position in the summer, I would be okay with that. Um,
0: yeah, I don't I
1: it's tough. I really want to sign. Coming
0: someone. into the transfer window, we were already at a very thin squad. Yeah. We've seen two players go to replace them with anything less than two players is
1: Were weren't we already the thinnest Premier League pretty, squad?
0: Yeah, we we it's tough to tell with the bench being expanded now. We can you know we can throw names in there with but they're mostly yeah. youth players. Yeah. Um but yeah, we there are certain positions that are very weak. Like yeah, if if Crosswell goes down, yeah, who do you put in? You put Johnson there, but do you really want him playing left back and a four back? I don't I don't know. Uh like there's just a lot that we don't Yeah, I we need I I'd, I'd be fine if you guaranteed me we were going to sign someone in the summer, right. but right with this West board East. you can't like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're still trying to count su as like a signing for <laughs> yeah. both last january and for the summer yeah. you no know. no
1: um one position that you you really have we have to sign this window uh striker because if antonio goes down and i would be willing to bet that he will um he's good it's for a few games and when, it gets hard
0: it's when not if
1: it's yeah exactly it's when not if. so if he goes down, we talked about some options. Yeah, you've got Yarmolenko. Yeah, you've got Bowen. But those are kind of just short-term fixes. Those are not long-term fixes. And and we have cl- now classifying as a striker. Now, Antonio has moved from mid to striker. So let's call him our striker. Like, who else do we have? We sold a Yeti. We sold Hilaire. I mean... I mean we-
0: Silva's really not seeming to quite hit no, it. Um, no. Maybe that changes. But yeah, Odo... Odebeko, I think's the the only one that's we did. Yeah. the only one that's you know a, a pure striker that we can that has any you know is even in the horizon uh, of the first team you know there there maybe there's some sixteen year old kid I haven't heard of out there but don't think he's you know haven't don't think he'll what you know whichever one there is will be ready so yeah we we need a striker and we don't just need any striker we we saw having a striker that didn't fit doesn't do us any good.
1: Right. Right.
0: um oh, who
1: who have we been linked to and what uh who, who do you think we have the best chance? Give me like two names that you think we have the best chance of getting.
0: So we've been linked to a lot. Um they I mean West hammer always seemed to be linked to about 30 strikers each <laughs> yeah. window, but um That's true. We it it does seem that Moyes recognizes we we need pace. We need someone that matches what Antonio gives. Uh, a like for like replacement, um, which I'm, I, agree, I completely agree with. I think overall the, the single biggest attribute we need to look for is pace. Uh, after that, I want someone that's physical and can finish, um, but someone that can have our offense operate the same way if Antonio went out. And so the, the two that I'd say are most likely this window, um, the one that's really, but coming into the window would have been the most likely is Josh King. Uh, I still think there's a chance we get him. You know, odds, there's been talk that is holding up for a fairly high price for him for being a player that has only a little bit left on his contract and that uh, he also is demanding fairly high wages for a player coming from the championship. Obviously, he's been a Premier League player for most of his career. Um, I think he'd be a good fit. You know, someone like him would – uh, he's pacey. He seems to work hard. He's proven in the Premier League that can score goals, um, but it's also pretty versatile. So he's someone that we mentioned, you know, Lanzini can kind of replace what Ben Rama or Fornals give. Well, I think Josh King could replace someone like Antonio or even maybe replace something like Bowen, giving giving you some pace from an attacking midfield position. So that'd be a pretty good one, even if we don't. I, I hope we would get him in now, but even if we don't, he is also a player we could look to sign for free in the summer, uh, as he's going to be out of contract. Uh, so he was coming into the window. He was the one that was the most likely, but the one that's really emerged to be the first choice for the club, based on uh, mostly reports from X, and then also a few. Uh, there's been some some reports from from different French papers is uh, Dia from from Reims uh, looks to be. Reem's not a particularly great team, uh, but he scored 12 goals this year uh, in the fr- in the fr- top French division. Although five of those have been from the p- the penalty spot, um, he's reportedly a fair no, not a not a world you know not a not a world record breaking sprinter, but a fairly pacey player uh, and also very physical. So a lot of what we see in Antonio, someone that can fight and. And uh, he actually played day and a lot of the reports, a lot of West Ham fans watched him uh, in the UK because they, the the game was aired there on, on one of the the sky channels, I believe. Um, They said he, he did well, you know, they said his team was terrible um, and that he'd be, he would have been, he'd be happy to move to West Ham to get better service. Uh, But that he was really, he seemed to come alive when they got the ball uh, and and played a very counterattacking system, which was to me was very encouraging uh, because at our best. That's kind of what we seem to, to want to play and, and kind of fit in that role that Antonio's offered for us. So scored a decent amount of goals, seems to have a really good goal conversion rate, um, and be a very physical, uh, hardworking player.
1: So out of that list that you just, uh, just described, I, I would say my top pick would be Josh King, just because I've been such an advocate of him in the summer. I was an, av- I've been an advocate from day one. I, Watched. He plays for Norway. He plays on the international team. Um, and previous to us doing the podcast, I watched a ton of international football. And Josh King, like, I mean, I, I knew the guy then. So yeah. the fact that he would come up now is is insane. Um, it, the I'm not. I, I want him a hundred percent. Um, the only thing that would. Uh, to tear me if I had to name one thing is he's 29. So his age. He, look, you mentioned he's been around football for a while. He's played in pre uh, in the Premier League most of his um, of his uh, professional career. So you know he had a spell at Man United, but he's been with Bournemouth for the last five years. And just looking at some stats um, that I pulled up here, he's scored in 171 appearances for Bournemouth. He scored 48 goals. So. That's a guy, and, and that's not mentioning um, his, you know, his Norwegian goals as well. So the guy does score. I like how he plays. I would say he's my number one pick. The other pick that I would choose out of that, um, we've been linked to him. I don't know how close we are. I wouldn't say it's it's extremely close, but um, I really like, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right, but um, Adam Loztek from uh, Sparta Prague. the The reason I like him is because well pace also, but he's actually extremely young.
0: Yeah.
1: He's, I mean, the guy's 19. So I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant because if Antonio gets hurt, the guy that we're signing in January is should by far be the one that's like, boom, he's in, you know, let's go. I'm confident he can score. Uh, With a 19 year old, he's proven he's good. Um, But I would just I would I almost want a few more years or something uh, unless I mean if you signed Mbappe fine but you know besides that like I almost want a few more years of experience I would say those are my top 2 do you have any that you're kind of
0: Yeah one one that we've been linked to but I don't see as very likely just based on the price tag um is one from he's he's actually a player uh I'll shamelessly admit I first heard about him a few years ago on FIfa and and kind of been following his career trajectory <laughs> since uh is is Pat Sendaka from uh r b salzburg so the 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 original red Bull team uh is a player that has a fantastic goals to game ratio um supposedly an extremely fast player but also good in the air uh so offers a little bit more um you know just, just all around fairly, quite athletic, but a very clinical finisher as well. Um, I don't think he is as good with the ball as maybe in Antonio as far as like dribbling past people, but he seems to be a good threat uh, cutting down the lanes, you know, cutting down, trying to get in behind, um, and, and has for multiple years put in, you know, pretty good goals record, uh, albeit in a lower, you know, the Austrian league is not uh, as strong a league as the Premier League or as, you know, comparing him to, to dia from uh from the French league, but but he has he's young. He's like twenty one, maybe twenty-two, um, so fits that kind of young bill also very, but also very fast. Uh, and so yeah, I'd be price tag from him's reportedly about twenty five million, which I think is more than than the board would go for at this point. Um but yeah, and I when you mentioned Lozek, I I, I did, if that's how you pronounce it, I'm not really sure either um he's another one big strong physical player i don't know um haven't seen him too much you know i've I've only uh heard about him more than seen him um but yeah any i'm always up for buying youth with potential that that has at least some uh some good performances
1: just out of curiosity because i don't know the answer to this um you mentioned that that player is about 25 million you said dia from uh from the french league has been our probably most closely linked do you know what kind of price tag he would go for
0: i think we bid between 10 and 15 million um it might we might have to go a little bit higher i i would be surprised if it was 20 million or more i think it'd be less um maybe we can get him for for 15 maybe we have to move it up to maybe 17 or 18 um, but, you know, seeing as we just sold Hilaire for 20, although not all that cash is coming in right away, but still like, if you can't, if you, you can't freed up the wages, I mean, yeah, freed up the wages. Yeah. I don't think he'd, he'd be on as high of wages as his Hilaire was. Uh, we also got, you know, Snodgrass is, you know, gone. So he was one that earned a decent wage. Um, if, if we can't shell, if we can't get this done, especially if this is the one that, um, Moyes maybe wants i I, you know it seemed like he's the one that we want he wants at this point um (laughs) you know we've seen this play out before but there's really no excuse to to not get in a decent decent striker
1: you were saying earlier about you know we're worried about price tag but to me I mean you're a Premier League club. Why are you worried about price tag when you have zero other strikers? I mean you have zero. You have Antonio and then some youth guys that hopefully will work into the team later, but you can't be there they can't be number 2 right now. So I look, I'm willing 45 million is a lot. If you wanted to go for another Hilaire, that that was an expensive player. Yeah. However, I would be I would say 20 million is about where I want to spend. 25 at the probably max. I probably wouldn't want to go over that.
0: But, but if you I buy mean, if you buy well, you only have to buy once. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that the problem with Hilaire was not that we paid 40, 45 million for him. It's that we bought poorly. You know, yeah. the same thing with Yeti. You know, Yeti's price tag wasn't the issue. It was the fact that we got, you know, we didn't get value for it. If you buy a 20 or 25 million player and they play for your team for the next, you know, five years and then you sell them on for the same price, or if they play, you know, if Let's say we bring in DACA and he lights it up for two years, and we sell him for double, or you know, or he plays well and he plays for the next eight years. Like that's well worth whatever we paid for him.
1: Yeah, and that's what I don't get is why, it, and, and it could be a lack of scouting network. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But we had this huge, you know, premier or um, uh, premier signing with Hilaire, and but he, like you said, he didn't fit our team and. So yeah, you can sign any player in the world. You could go sign the number one striker in the world, but he's, if he doesn't fit your system and Moyes right now is clearly laid out that we want a counter-attacking system. I mean, last game, we were expected to win that game. We went in against Burnley and we, you know, we threw out about 40 to 45% possession. So even when games were expected to win, Moyes is proving that we want to play a counter-attacking game, which is fine. It's working for us. Hilaire to me is, is just not that, you know same players antonio whereas we need a pacey striker in this window to fit our team more than than what Hilaire did with hold up play
0: yeah yeah exactly and it seems like the targets we're, we're getting we're looking at do kind of fit that mold that's a that's at least a a big improvement over where west ham were a couple of years ago when we just kind of we we bought names not players It seems. yeah, yeah. uh so yeah Hopefully we can get uh, maybe one or two of these off over the line. Yeah. There's a few more players we've been linked to that we didn't mention, but, uh, tried to cover the ones that were most likely or that we wanted most. Um, hopefully by the time we record the next episode, we'll have, uh, a little more certainty and maybe even a player, uh, Player come in, player or two come in, and we can talk about that.
1: So. You know, I hope so, but I know how West Ham works, and I know that we're going to be having to grant an extension for the guy to get there on medical from this stupid train, that, just like last season.
0: <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like that's it, Beyond the fact of like not getting good players when you don't have a scouting department, if you had a scouting department and knew your target's coming into the window, if let's say we sign someone, you know, third of January or whatever, they're probably like, you know January being a busy month, they'll have played like six more games for us than if we sign them at the end of the month. Like you're you're just wasting like time. They could be yeah. they could be playing for us right now. Like,
1: yeah. but th- but that's not that's yeah. not how we do
0: it. Yeah, with it with it with Antonio having maybe <laughs> the question for the for the West yeah. Brom match because he's you know worn out wouldn't it have been nice to have a player signed on the 5th of January and have him integrated into the squad by now. So on Tuesday he could come in and start for us. Like,
1: so one more quick question for you uh, before we go, Moyes has come in with some good signings. There's really not a player that I extremely disagree with seeing. And, and I would have labeled Dawson before, but now he's kind of proven himself is Moyes earning the trust of the fans in terms of, yeah, we're being linked to some players, but Moyes would be the ultimate one with the decision.
0: Uh, I'm going to say no, just because from reports of what X had talked about during the summer, he didn't really want Ben Rama. He, he didn't, well, he didn't really want to sell, um, D'Angana and he didn't want Ben, Ben Rama. He wanted Josh King. Now it turns out selling D'Angana has worked out pretty well. You know, you and I were very critical of it as much for the image that it sent as for the actual selling. Uh, and I think we we're right to, to say like, hey, we can't sell our young promising players if if we want to push on to the next level, if we want to be a, a, a top club. Um, and then also, but, you know, although he did, he I think he did eventually have the say on Ben Rama. It didn't seem to be his first choice. Um, so I, the, the only reason I'm say, I say maybe we shouldn't just trust Moyes is because I still don't feel it's all Moyes. I still feel like David Sullivan has a little too much control over the transfers. And that's where any of the decisions that Moyes has made have been good. It's just, he's not the one making every decision. Yeah. I
1: I think that's a good point. Um, I am excited to see who we sign in January, because I think the more and more we go on with, with these windows and waiting till the last minute, I mean, even in summer, we kind of waited till the last minute you know, that hurts the credibility. Whereas if Moyes came out and said in January 1st, this is exactly who we're signing. And then we signed them. Like, I think that would help. So I think you're right. The board has a lot of influence and uh, that is scary. In we ha- we've gotten lucky the past few times, but I am nervous that that luck's going to run out soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're happy where we are right now, but yeah, it's, F- success is fragile in the premier league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting ninth. I'm very happy with where we are. We've got West Brom up next. Uh, West Brom did play well uh, the past game and um, they actually won three, two. So they're, they're not going to be as pushover actually, as I thought they would be. I thought we'd be a walk. They'd walk, be a walk in the park, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be um, definitely need to come out with starting 11. Do you have any, any closing thoughts, Chris, or any uh, what's a quick score prediction for you?
0: Uh, two on us.
1: Yeah. I, I probably go, probably go two zero us. I I think I'm excited that they scored, or excited for the game. Um, I they scored three, but our defense has been pretty solid, so I, I see two zero.
0: I'll I'll switch that to a one one draw if we don't have Antonio. But okay, uh, that's fair. That's fair. No. Yeah. But yeah, I think we you know they scored three in their last game, but honestly, the way we've been playing defensively, I I don't see West Brom having the um the goal threat to really outscore us uh we'd have to just have a really atrocious day to lose. Um but yeah I think we we should we should hold on. This is this is we we've gotten to the point of the season and, and where we're playing that we you, you should expect to win, be slightly disappointed with a draw and be probably not not happy at all if we lose a game against West Brom. Yeah.
1: I agree. Well that, that's all the thoughts I have. Come on you Irons.
0: Come on you Irons.